Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40, Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. Another special edition of the podcast. We have Daryl Reynolds, D-Ray, the proprietor of the Stay Tuned Network, on with us. Daryl, happy to have you back on the pod. Thank you all for having me back on here. And uh, I know we talked about it off camera. We'll say it real quick. The Wi-Fi is back on. So Ooh. I know that doesn't mean anything for anybody listening, but for us, that's great news. How y'all feeling? I'd say today, relatively good. And a quick note for our listeners, this podcast will be somewhat somewhat serious, but we'll still have some fun with it too. Doing this remotely really sucks. I yes. am totally over this. The technical <laughs> difficulties we have had working remotely have been innumerable. So we have the Wi-Fi working for our listener base. Yeah. All right. So why is it going to be serious? Let's answer that question up front. Again, as we promised our listeners through our social media accounts, we are going to talk about race. Um, and it's the right thing to do because we are – in a situation in which we're Rob and I are two white guys talking about a sport and a team that is predominantly played by black people. Bottom line is we're talking about race more. We want to amplify voices and really tell stories. So, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to dive right in. A lot of our listeners know we interviewed you about Jesus. What was it Rob four months ago? Or five it months seems, ago. seems like a lifetime ago yeah. at this point. But yeah. yeah, something like that. That was like when we were still playing basketball. Yeah. It must have been like January or something like that. Yeah. It was pre-corona. Everything, the world was still kind of spinning. And we interviewed we interviewed you and we were sitting there having a conversation before before we started the before we started the interview and one of the things that came up just as part of conversation it wasn't even like part of the podcast that we cut or anything like that it was just part of like us shooting the shit was you you brought up the fact that you are muslim and i asked the question hey what was harder being on campus being black or being muslim anyway can you reshare your answer on the podcast i um I started off by saying, for me, as, as especially in these times, as difficult as it is to say, I don't completely understand the Black experience at Villanova. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lie. There's times I've said that before, and I've kind of felt ashamed. But to call it what it is, and it's you see a lot of it going on now, like, as a basketball player, you're seen as an athlete first. You're seen as a ball player first. Like, I truly feel like some of my classmates – uh, rather they be, you know, people of color or not, um, they see a, a basketball player. They don't think about race at first. And because of that, I was like, I don't feel comfortable. A friend of mine named uh, Imani, she had uh, organized some children from, let's say, Norristown to come to Villanova. She was like, do you want to speak to them? That's what I told y'all that day. Do you want to speak to them about the Black experience of Villanova? And I said, no. And she kind of got offended. Like, how dare you? Like, why, why wouldn't you? Like, almost like I wasn't doing my due diligence. I was like, I don't think that I could get up there and honestly tell them what it's like to be a black student going over because as a basketball player, that's what they know you for first. 
Uh, so I, I would have to go with Muslim if anything. And so let's talk about let's talk about that a little bit. The, being Muslim in Villanova, mm-hmm. what was that like? Because like you're on a team where Father Rob has a very big influence on the team, mm-hmm. um, and and it's a Catholic school. Um, and I know and I know there's prayers that the team does, mm-hmm. etc. Like, um, I'm going to be honest with you, it was it was refreshing. You know what I mean? It, it was very nice, especially with Father Rob because he's so understanding and. Even coach, like, you know, he would ask certain questions that he didn't understand. But I could tell that the questions, you know, that were being asked to me about my faith were from, like, genuine places of, you know, I want to understand more. I want to make you comfortable. Like I said, Coach Wright, Father Rob were probably, like, the best ones with it. My teammates had jokes here and there. Like, if something came out with pork on it, it was over. Like, they knew from jump. Like, I didn't even want to smell it. Like, there was no way I wanted to be around it. Uh, but I, I liked it because I found, it gave me perspective. I went to Low Marion High School. You know, obviously I grew up Muslim. I get to Villanova. I'm predominantly around Christians. And I have realized, like, there's several baseline messages that just really hone in on being a decent person. And I love to hear it because getting that perspective really changed how I looked at things. Like, it really changed how I looked at religion, especially with Father Rob. Some of our deeper conversations, he would just let me know, like, we can talk whenever, you know what I mean? So it, it was it was actually refreshing. But once again, I was a basketball player. I don't know what it is. And I, I'm not, obviously it's not visible. Yeah, I have tattoos to say it, but people don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's, it's like I said, with me, I have to admit there's an asterisk next to it. We talked a little bit about this. I, I know you listened to the podcast. We talked with Dylan Ennis. Mm-hmm. And we talked a lot about this idea of celebrity status. And that's kind of what, you're playing at with you don't you're not getting the full black experience at Villanova because you're seen as a number 45 Dow Reynolds and like like you have a name you're a person right and not just another person on campus how did you cope is not the right word but how did you reckon with that when you were on campus or did you just not and then it was something that you had to deal with after you graduated and, and think back on and reflect on no, I think to be completely fair, it was something that hit me a little harder after the fact because I was no longer playing. And, you know, y'all know I was back on campus a year after I graduated. So I got to see in real time uh, the difference. But I really think it's just, I'm so much about like with everything going on, like my message is just to to listen. You know what I mean? Because that gives you perspective. And the beauty of sports is it kind of brings people together. And I'm not saying that it's some BS propaganda. I'm saying that to paint this picture. Uh, looked at in the negative light. It's like, you know, oh, my God, they will never look at me, you know, a certain way because I'm only a basketball player to them. Like y'all said, celebrity status, they only understand that. I'm not saying that's not a real, you know, uh, issue, but to me, that's the negative on it. If you take it as a positive, it's like, okay, they're willing to listen to me that much quicker because I'm a basketball player. And maybe they wouldn't listen to a black student um, as quickly. Let's call it what it is. You saw, you know, we saw, we'll get to this later, obviously, but on Black Villanova, like the the student athlete experience uh, there for other students, for track players, for football players. Like it's, let's call it what it is. It's not the same as a basketball player's experience. I don't want to BS y'all, but I saw it as a positive in the sense of, all right, if I can talk to them and get to them and show them that there really isn't any difference between my faith or, well, there's a difference in my faith, like a difference between who I am as a person. um, I don't necessarily have to, have as many hurdles and hopefully I can get that message across quicker and hopefully you can get to somebody who they see, you know what? Oh, he's not that bad. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, he's, he's a, he's a black Muslim guy, but 
he's cool. You know what I mean? Before I knew that, I had no issues with him. So why would I have an issue with him now? I, I think in a positive light, I kind of use it as like almost like a weapon to kind of just, all right, you got your seat at the table. You're in the position to talk to these people. They're going to listen to you that much faster. And then you can paint the picture, you know, using your celebrity status. I think yeah. that was the way I always, I always viewed it. Because if you, if you let yourself be bitter about it, you're always going to be bitter about it. If you look at it as something that's working against you, you're going to work against yourself that much harder. But if you look at it as like, are right, you were afforded something that you can use to help other people who weren't, why wouldn't you use it? Yeah. So, so then, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting kind of transition point then in terms of like what all is going on today. And I'm curious, you know, what your I mean I know from our conversations and some of your posts like you've been very active out there in whether it's protesting for certainly whether it's police reform whatever it may be curious kind of you know one you know how you've been feeling kind of what your your reactions been to a lot of the events and then what you've been doing you know as part of that uh as far as the feeling go it's exhausting it's exhausting um to keep seeing the news pouring in, you know what I mean? I'm seeing, I was reading something this morning about a young man who worked, he was an unarmed security guard. He's working out in Los Angeles and the cops claimed that they shot several, seven uh, warning shots at this young man. He looks to be Hispanic. Um, and it's just like, y'all serious. You know what I mean? It's like, y'all, like it's, it's almost like it's, a, it's turning into like a fight. Like, some cops are taking this as a as a stance to be like, oh, y'all think we're bad. I'm going to show you how bad we can get. So it's exhausting. And I think that the most exhausting part, if anything, is just how conditioned we've been to accept these things at this point and how it's not for a lot of us new news. Like this isn't breaking news. It's just people are tired of hearing it. So they're getting to a point where they're just either breaking down or breaking shit. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm kind of for both of them at this point, but... It, it's exhausting. Uh, but as far as what I'm doing, I, I'm getting to a position to be quite honest. And outside of this, like I'm kind of talked out about it, you know, as far as educating people, because to me, it's the education is like I found this shit on Google. We all can. You know what I mean? Like no offense right. to people out there trying to be allies. I get that. But it's like this information is not that was the whole point that people didn't want certain people reading back in the day. You know what I mean? Like the whole point was to keep this information hoarded. But now any six-year-old with a Wi-Fi connection or a 5G connection can find this shit out. So why at 26, 36, 46 can't somebody else? So it's like, I'm at a position where I'm like, I, I just, I'm about to just play my part. You know what I mean? And my part in the media is making sure that these issues are, I'm not going to say right in front of your face, but still known as real issues, but also just helping the ones I can and change, not changing the minds that I can change, but just kind of molding the next, you know, the next, the next step, I guess the best way to put it, to be prepared for this shit. Cause some people, they're just beyond talking, you know, they're, they're beyond reach. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's like the people who are all lives matter. It's like no offense. Hey, actually, and I'm not going to say no offense to them, full offense to them <laughs> because I just don't like that situation. I got it. I got roped into one of these Twitter conversations with someone that says all lives matter. And I see this video in there and it broke it down perfectly. It said, you know, if your house was burning down and you ran outside and said, my house matters. And then your neighbor whose house is totally sound comes outside on their porch and says, well, our houses matter. And you point at your house and say, but mine is burning down. My, mine was burnt down. You know what I mean? Like someone's burning mine down as we speak. My house matters. And they'd be like, well, every house on this block matters. It's like, 
okay. You know what I mean? And that's I, that's I, where I'm at. I saw some I saw some meme the other day, and it was I don't even know who posted it, but it was basically like. We can stop with the analogies. If you don't get it now, you're just choosing not to get you it. Cho- you're like, choosing. That's, yeah, like, that, that's just your stance. Like, you're cho- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. It, it, to me, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, if you're not getting it, and I'm, I'm kind of echoing what Rob said, if you're not getting it, now you just don't want to get it because you acknowledge the tacit acknowledgement that if you get it, then you have to do something about it. And you don't want to have to make that next step exactly, bro. of like actually knowing that something needs to be done because you're happy because it works to your benefit, which is the definition of privilege. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Preach. so it's, yeah, it's to me, it's like, a I, I don't understand. It's not hard. It, it, it's not hard to say black lives matter. Yeah. It's, it's really not a hard thing to say. I mean, just obviously, I mean, yeah, I just did it. Oh my god! But yeah, I mean, I see you out there, and I, I have, I, we've talked, we've, I've talked to a number of people, and like the number word word that keeps coming up is exhaustion. Mm-hmm. My belief, Rob's belief, is, and it's time for everybody else. And by the way, it's been time for everybody else for like a long mm-hmm. time. But, but if now is the moment, then now is the moment. Yeah. Um, and however long this has to last until it gets fixed, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll reckon until and we'll reckon with it until it's until it's fixed. It is, yeah. Like that's, I don't know, I seen something the other day that was like, uh, they were talking about like how long the 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 sit-ins had lasted in the sixties, and it was like three hundred and fifty plus days. And they talked wow. about the bus boycotts, uh, boycotts, and they was like that was like a hundred and something days. Like, I think people, I, I'm I actually I'm interested to see what y'all think of this. Like, people think this is a a week long, month long, or just make it, you know, make people aware of it, um, you know, type of issue. And it's like, that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Juneteenth was not, we weren't trying to like wake people up to Juneteenth. We knew what the hell Juneteenth was forever. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't the goal. I think at this point it's really going to take like long-term change. So like, have y'all heard that or like, felt that in any way that like people are kind of like ah, it's over or you know, you know that's one thing i'm really curious to see how it plays out and i was talking about this um with my wife too it's like the world we live in now versus you know take the 1960s right from pure news cycle perspective it just moves so much more quickly right mm-hmm. and like the attention span of everyone seems to rapidly go from one thing to another and I think you're right in that it takes an extended, prolonged series of voices being amplified and protests and focus on this to enact this change. And like, I do worry that, okay, yes, we made, we made it to Juneteenth and then whatever the narrative is and the news cycle will shift. And I do worry that some of the attention goes away from it and, there's some momentum that gets lost. So I hope that's not the case. And I hope people keep showing out, but I, I the, won't surprise me if it does, you know, things start to start to shift and peel away from it. Yeah. The, the, uh, the only thing I will say, and I'm not, I'm equally as skeptical as Rob is. I know that in my company, I work for a big firm that happens to be a big, a big recruiting firm at Villanova mm-hmm. is that, my firm has been super like, we're not, we're not dropping this when, you know, the, at the end of June, yeah. like, and they've already set up structural things within the firm yeah. 
to like make sure the conversations keep happening, but it goes beyond conversation. Like my firm is like, I, we have like a hundred thousand or 50,000 people employed at the firm nationwide. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're setting up things. We're working with CEOs of other companies. We're getting policy. We're like two year policy rotation on like, on like shaping policy. And so like, I start to see those things and I'm like, okay, there's got to be a system of accountability to make sure this all happens. It's not enough to just do it once and then say, Oh, we did it. And then, and then not being able to see the change, but like I am starting to hear people and like this, like the, it's not the CEO cause that's something we don't have a position like that at my firm, but it's like the CEO for a lack of a better term of my firm being like, no, this is something we need to measure. This is something we need to work mm -hmm. at. And this is something that we're going to send people to get to, to Washington to get, to get policy reform done. Yeah. Um, or if it requires it on the state and local level, we're participating in this for the next two years minimum, yeah. and we're going to measure this. So do I think it's something that will get lost? I think the news cycle will drop it, but I don't think that it will get dropped from the perspective of influence. Yeah. So, um, I like I, I could but like the news cycle dropped it already. The news cycle is the news cycle's insane. Yeah, and it's like there's protest every day. And by the way, they're all peaceful, but but unless there's shit burning on the burning down, yeah. no one wants to cover it. That's kind yeah, of like, the part. That's part of the problem with the news. It's, it's you have a, a not. I'm not saying it's a problem with the news, and obviously it's like they keep us informed to an extent. But if you have an entity that runs on the saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Their job is not to keep you informed and feeling safe. Their job is to keep your eyes glued to the screen, usually with negativity. And like you said, the peaceful protests don't get as much. But as long as people are making the real changes, that's what I mean by talked out. It's like as long as the real changes and the real work behind the scenes are uh, uh, being done, because quite frankly, a lot of this happened because it's legal somewhere. This shit's in writing that people can get away with these type of things. Like how hard is to prosecute cops for killing an unarmed civilian? You know what I mean? The fact yeah. that district attorneys, uh, attorneys in these uh, areas of predominantly one way of thinking, I guess the best way to put it, who, you know, let these cops off and things like that. Like, I'm not saying those are the real issues, but that's why these issues don't get past a certain point. And if they're being made uh, on that level and those changes are really getting pushed on that level, then it's like, okay, that's real progress. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, we're, that's what people are talking about when they say systemic. Yeah. Because like, here's what happens is that actually bleeds into society and how it plays out. Yeah. Like one of the videos that really caught me not not by surprise by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. but like was the Amy Cooper this, the 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 video of the of the woman in Central Park. Mm -hmm. That that woman was a I don't know mid thirties mm -hmm. like early forties white woman who worked at a professional services firm in New York. That woman could have been a Villanova graduate yeah. like super easy, yeah. <laughs> right? Like right like just 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 call a spade a spade, right? And and she could have been a Villanova grad like super easy, someone we all knew. Mm -hmm. Right. And and she's there just like threatening to use her privilege or white privilege against this guy who's watching birds yeah. and is asking her to put a dog on a leash. Yeah. Like like that's how it bleeds over. And it's like and she's like, yo, I'm going to call the cops and you know what's going to happen. She didn't say that. But yeah, she said, yeah, that. She didn't say that. Um, you know, so yeah, she did. She was just very clear. There's an African-American man. I'm like, <laughs> OK, like, it's like, are you shitting me? Yeah, it's yeah, it's different. ridiculous. And then, and then with those type of things is. Now nobody even has to be around for the BS to happen. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to make it to a point like you said, it bleeds over into society. And that's that's why I said as far as just educating the next generation up, like, because nobody comes here hating somebody. You know what I mean? It's, I'm so happy 
uh, Mr. President uh, got his uh, tweet flagged when the, the two young kids are running into each other in the street, you know, when they hugged. I was like, that that goes to show you, like, nobody comes here feeling like that. You learn that shit. Like you said, society will, over time, teach you and condition you to feel that way. But the same way that I got to talk to Father Rob and get a different perspective on, you know, Christianity as a whole and realize as different as it is, there's so much more to agree on and so much for us to be friends about than there is not. The same way that I went to Little Mary and was able to talk to Jewish people and find out about their faith. I think it's the same thing with race. It's like you have these things that are these derivative factors and these things that kind of derive people. And then it's like you get to a point where if you talk to them and you really understand them, it's like there is way more we agree on or way more to be had if we work together than using those things to, to keep us apart. And that's, I hate to get too preachy, but like, that's the message. Like, it's, it's, it's really that simple. You're dealing with people. You're dealing with human beings. What happened with George Floyd was not a white and black issue. It wasn't a blue versus everybody issue. It was, these are two human beings. You know what I mean? The fact yeah. that people can make that shit political or make it trivial, it's like, you're talking about human life. Both of them were human beings. The issue is when one human or a group of humans feel as though that the humans, you know, uh, up under that knee are, are less than. But that goes back into three-fifths of a man. Like, you're talking about shit that's just been drilled in people for so long. It's at a point where it's like, we really got to do the work. But also admit that some people, like you said, Rob, like, they're not going to unsubscribe to that way of thinking. They came up yeah. with it, and they're going to leave here with it. I think it's a good it's a good call out of just like thinking at the end of the day you're talking to other people like that's exactly. it's not it's not one side versus the other those are people like yeah like it's Period. lost yeah Period. Oh. I also just think it's one of those things where it's like last point on this because we have to move on the interview but I also think it's just one of those things that it's like if you're not an expert on something or not even an expert if you just don't have the perspective like a lot of people like in professional world it's like it's like in the professional world, like I do audits, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm an auditor. <laughs> I don't just say like, oh no, I know how it feels to be a, a person who, who does taxes every day, right? Like, no, I go and ask the person, hey, what do you think about this tax thing, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, right? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, and I'm, and I'm making an analogy to, to, to work, but it's just like, no, you can't know what it feels like. If you're a white person, you can't know what it feels like to be black. Like you can do your best to understand. You can do your best to learn and get well-read and get and and get informed mm -hmm. and you can google a lot of it to your point like like i love when people are like i never heard of juneteenth before and i'm like okay that's don't like just go google it yeah, <laughs> exactly. it's there so uh, to me it's like find a way to be informed and then i'm not telling you to believe a certain way and then or we can't have a conversation yeah. i'm saying read up on it and then let's have an informed discussion yeah and and let's see what and let's see what happens. Yeah. And then there's nothing wrong with disagreeing. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing with yeah. this. It's just when you disagree that one life is valued more than the other. Like that's that disagreement is hard to get past. But it's like, all right, we don't feel the same. But like I said, yeah. still we work together. So I, I don't know. I, you can, and like I for people who are listening, I'm we're actually on video talking as well, and I can see the exhaustion. Yeah. And it's 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 something that everyone needs to pick it up this is an everybody issue this is not a black issue mm -hmm. i want to kind of turn back is there anything that you're doing with the stay tuned network uh to to amplify this or are you hey i'm going to go out i'm going to protest etc but we're keeping the content the way it was supposed to be before 
George Floyd? No, we're working on a um, initiative. I want to do something, like I said, this real change. Like, the media stuff is nice. I put together a quick film where, like, I had, like, several videos. I pretty much just curated something over a J. Cole song called uh, Be Free. You know what I mean? I called it We the People. Um, the title of the video, which just shows like this country. I think it's so interesting for Philadelphians because all of our field trips involved going down to the Constitution Center mm. and going down to where the Declaration of Independence was signed and going down to Liberty Bell. And it's like you see these words like we the people of you know of the United States in order to form a more perfect union, and so on and so forth. And like obviously we weren't aware of it then, but it's like these dudes who wrote this, they weren't living by it. And that's the issue with America at this point. Like you have these promises that weren't fulfilled. You have these checks that keep bouncing. Like, that's the issue. Like you said, freedom for all. You, you need freedom for all. So do that together. But like I said, I'm at a point now where it's like, where's the actionable thing? So we're working on something that really just educates people on um, voting and really understanding Man. your power of voting. I think it's so interesting that people don't understand their, it's not interesting, it's by design, but like, People don't understand their power. You know what I mean? Like, I remember when everything happened with Kaepernick, I was so frustrated with people who were so disgusted with how the NFL did Kaepernick, but then they go and watch the Super Bowl. And it's like, all right, if you really want to fight back from your position, you don't watch it. And then if you inspire two people don't, you know, to not watch it, and then those two people inspire two more people and so on and so forth. If people aren't watching it, they're not making their money. And that's how you use your power. So with these younger athletes, these younger kids, it's like, all right, really educate yourself on the voting system. Really educate yourself on where your power lies and then use that instead of focusing on shit you can't control. You know what I mean? Like Donald Trump's going to be who he's going to be. He can't control that. We can't control that. A lot of these things are already in place. You know, we can't control that until we get to a certain point where we can really change it. But it's like our next initiative is going to be V's up for voting this year. Um, just That's educating awesome. uh, younger athletes, especially Villanova, um, and students on um, just their voting rights and what they have to understand. And this year in particular, more than anything, voter suppression. Because I don't think yeah. people understand what that means. And like I said, that's that's what that initiative is about. But I, I love that. Yeah. And I, I have a couple call outs for one or listeners. If you haven't watched D Ray's video, it's amazing. Like it was Thanks. really well done. It was really moving. Um, and then the second thing, I love that you're tackling voting. I think one thing that gets lost a lot, I mean, I'm very guilty of this too, is like if I think about voting, I always think about the president or I think about yeah. maybe my senators. But voting impacts the, um, the judges who are in power. It impacts the Supreme Court. And all of those people have very key roles to play in yeah. how laws are enacted, how laws are executed, what is and is not able to change people's lives and thinking yeah. about that like the power of your vote is so critical and doesn't yeah. like does not get talked about enough beyond just the presidency so i love that you're doing it and this year is going to be a, a very interesting one from a you know with the challenges we're going to have you know with covid already yes. uh and then you know whatever actions may or, or may not happen around the election too yeah it's gonna be a lot this is yeah. going to be a very interesting year. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, we saw the second wave around the time that, you know, the voting really picks up in late October and November. And all of a sudden you have an entire population of people who aren't even scared to leave their houses. Or, yeah. So, I, like I said, that's our next initiative. But I'm at the point where it's like, 
I got to get back to work. You know what I mean? I, I got to get back to doing the things and quite frankly, put myself in a position to make the change because it's only so long that you could be outside yelling in the street about how people upstairs in the office need to change things before they just close the blinds and get back to whatever they were doing. Yeah. And then you got to get into the office exactly. and be there. Exactly. Right. All right. So I want to, so we talked to, we talked about hey, your, your experience on campus and how that was different from a lot of people. Um, we talked about the current state of affairs. I want to turn our attention back to a little bit of being on being on Villanova's campus. So I want to talk about Villanova. Um, and you brought it up earlier and you said we were going to talk about it. The very recent, so this is like, so this is June 20th we're recording this uh, podcast. And like, it was maybe two days ago. I am, I, it was it two, was it even three days ago that at Black Villanova Instagram account uh, came out? It wasn't I think it was like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was quick, and it was like already got like three, four thousand followers, and like, and like, I, it feels like they had like fifty to a hundred posts up in in a matter of days. Which there's a lot to digest about that, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that a lot of the stories read like they were recent. You and I were talking about this the other day. Like when Rob and I were on campus, there was a spat of racist graffiti. Uh, this is going back to like 2007. There was racist graffiti. There was white supremacists. Graffiti, there was swastikas that were on campus like one spring semester in April and of 2007. And like there was a a march that was organized to like say, like, no, hate doesn't happen in our house. We're not okay with that. You got a decent attendance, but there was still so many people who weren't there. And that was the thing that like bothered me. Mm -hmm. So I wrote an article in the Villanovan that was just like, guys, this is all of our issues. And like, 13 years ago, we were saying that we were making that comment. And 13 years later, we're still having the same fucking conversation. Pardon my French, but not really. Mm-hmm. We're still having the same conversation at Villanova. And that's, that's disappointing. Yeah. But it's like this shit, it's not. First of all, it starts at home. It starts at home. Um, like I said, some people, they just don't want to unsubscribe from their way of thinking. Because like, like you said, they know that it benefits them. They know this, like, oh, this is privilege. I, I'm, I'm, I'm privileged. Why would I give up privilege? Um, which to me is, I'm not going to say ridiculous, but like the last thing in, in Villanova's mantra is talks about charity. Like that's the idea of it. Like if you have that, if you have it, give it. You ain't got to give all of it, but give some of it to help somebody out. Like that's a very foundational message of the school. And, but these are foundational messages in religion the same religion that some people are using to try to justify the stuff. Yeah. Foundational messages, you know, in this country's, uh, I can't even call it uh mantra or slogan. It's propaganda at this point, but you know, this, what this country was built on, it's like, Oh, you know, freedom for all, but we got slaves. Like it's just all these little contradictions of things that it's supposed to be this way. And it's looked at as, as a, a utopia in that way. And then it's like, but not really, you know what I mean? Like until it really affects me or until I have to sacrifice. And it's just, it's a shame. But like I said, some people, they're, they're beyond help. It's really about these next group of Villanovans that are coming in, these younger kids who are coming in. Um, and not just Villanovans, like all across the country. Like how do you make sure that they make sure that the world's a better place while they're in it and when they leave it? Because so for so long, so many people are like, I don't care that it hasn't changed. I don't care that we aren't that far out from where we were in the 60s. You know what I mean? I don't care that 
the slavery thing got turned into uh, systematic racism and then the prison system. You know, it's like, it's so many people who really don't care about real change and as much shit as Gen Z gets, I love them because I feel like they're coming up on a generation where they're like, no, this shit, like their rebellious nature is really going to play into some actual change moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I get the sense from Gen Z that it's like, this shit ends now. <laughs> <laughs> and everything does it. Like they are just... I, like I said, I am, as one of the people who gives them shit, like, a lot, it's just, like, I, I saw something the other day, it was, like, um, Gen Z is scared to ask for ranch from a waiter, but will body slam a cop. And it's, like, that shit is so true. It's sad, but it's so true. But, like I said, it's, it's at a point where it's, like, all right, some people are just beyond help. They don't want to be helped. Um, they, they just refuse it. But hopefully this next generation and moving forward, we can just make the world a better place because we can't do shit about the past at this point. You know what I mean? It's, it's what's moving forward is the, the task. All right. So I want to get into this. So the Instagram account, uh, we, we hinted at it, but didn't actually get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, what they're posting is stories of black people at Villanova who have had troubling, to say the least, troubling experiences at Villanova and are sharing their stories. Again, if you haven't seen it, it's at Black Villanova. It's very simple. It's easy to find. Um, and you could read everything about it. And I encourage everyone to do it because there's experiences that people have that if you're part of the 80% of the university that's white and never seen it and never cared to see it, like there's people who are really got, really had that challenge, uh, really had a big challenge at, at Villanova uh, because we love to talk about community. And I'm the first person to say it like, Oh, Villanova, great community, whatever. Like I was a tour guide, like Rob was a tour guide. Like mm-hmm. we, sold it we sold it to everybody but you can't have a community if not everyone in the community is welcome and, and have a seat at the table so Thanks. so i want to talk about some of these posts uh mm. if you don't mind of course well uh so one that stuck out to me um and by the way we're talking about a couple of these and there's like a ton to our listeners you got to read them and check them out uh but one that stuck out i wanted to ask you about was it's the post says black athlete the number of times I was told reassuringly, quote unquote, you're one of the good ones or quote unquote, you're cool, but I don't know if my parents would like you. They're old school slash religious. And then a personal favorite, quote unquote, you don't care if I say it, you're not even that black. Yeah. What are you thinking? Are you, relate, are you able to relate with that? No, because I, I've never had anybody say that directly to my face. So I, I can't say I feel that through and through, but the the line in there that really stuck out to me was the, the parents being old school slash religious. And for me, it's just, like I said, that is probably the most trivial part. Like how does, all right, the old school thing, it is what it is. You came up in the area, you came up and you were conditioned from, you know, two, three years old, hearing people talk about one group of people another way. That old school thing, that's one thing. But the religious part really bothers me because like in what circumstance in religion uh, is someone not going to accept someone else because of the way they look like to me that was very challenging I, like i said i've never had this experience but that was it, it's i don't know i don't like what like when y'all read this what are y'all hearing like what, what do y'all hear because like i said for me that was like the what the hell moment but outside of that it was just like you just kind of raise your eyebrows you know what i mean that part is i read this and i'm kind of like oh you're um you're just not overtly racist. You're just like mildly racist. But like, 
if you're thinking about it in these little incremental degrees, we're, we're really kind of missing the point. And that, that, that to me is one of the things that we're thinking about what the school can do. If we think about what we as you know, talking about a villain of a community can do is making sure that the school is taking actions to whether it's teach people that that is also not okay. And that is incredibly hurtful. And by doing that and making those statements, you're very much contributing to the sense of otherness in general. So it's, it's, it's a perfect example of, you know, one of the things the school needs to start tackling and we as a community need to be starting to be very, a lot more vocal about. And I like Bilotti's point about, you know, we can't talk about community if a lot of, if a significant portion of that community doesn't feel connected to it. I, I read the quote and I say, you can go, you can cut that two ways, right? On one hand, you can say, well, the person's not saying that they are that way. They're saying their parents are that way. So maybe there's hope in the future that once you kind of move past generations that it gets better. But the other side of it is saying, Eh, that's an excuse because if you really like somebody, if you really love somebody, if you really love somebody, it don't matter what other people think, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> like it's, it comes down to that. Right. So then that's just a, that's just a classic excuse that you want to point out. You want to dodge the bullet there and say, ah, oh, it's my parents, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. So then if it really is your parents, let's like play this out. Like, does it, does it, does it change? Because, because, okay, now you have kids. Are you going to say like, oh, I'm going to be different than my parents, but your parents might be a lot. So they're grandparents and then now you're getting shit from them. So I don't know, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I see, I hear that. And I'm just like, nah, like if you're really going to make the change, like you have to literally be it. You have to make the change now yeah. and you have to force people to, to get on board with you. Like I, it's, it's crazy. So when you said that, when you said like, all right, you're saying you're, I didn't even look at it like that in the sense of, you're saying your parents are like that, but you don't think like that. I said, it's it's hoping that I, I hate. I'm not saying I hate to say it, but there is hope in that. But there's also that moment of ah, what does that mean if it goes the other way? And it's just I, for me, I think when I read the the that page, um, the black woman, like when I watch it, just spill in and spill in and like so many different accounts and stories. It's almost the audacity to say these things. Like, what the hell? Like, are you really comfortable? Like, at the end of this one, you know, you don't care if I say it. We all know what it is. You're not even that black. It's like, you shitting me? Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, like, who says that to somebody? But that's that's part of the issue. Obviously, it's part of a much deeper issue. You think it, but to actually voice that shit, to feel comfortable voicing that shit is, is, is so much of the problem. Well, the, the thing for me, and I'm going to bend this into the next post that I want to talk about. And there's two that kind of overlap that we have pointed out. One is whenever I hear, I'm going to read both of them. Wherever I hear my concerns about discrimination, I feel like my white friends downplay it because they don't experience it themselves. And the second one is the silence of my white friends makes me unsure of how I should interact with them. When I get back on a campus, it's Mm -hmm. so disappointing. When I hear that and I'm like, Oh, the audacity, whatever, what's, 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 What's underlying that point about silence is that, is that, yeah, you have the outright discrimination, which like, oh my God, you have the audacity to say something like that. But the reason why they feel so brave and brave is not the right word, but brazen Mm -hmm. to, to, to make such a, to make such a absurd comment is because they don't feel like they're going to be held accountable for what they said. Yeah. So like the, the, 
the most aggressively racist people are enabled by the people who don't get in their way. Yeah. Right. Like, and so it's that underpinning of like, Hey, let's not talk about it. Let's be PC quote unquote, which is bullshit. PC is bullshit. Like, like, like let's avoid talking about it allows it to happen. I was going to say though, I mean, what's an interesting thing to think about is, how and Villanova very guilty of this. Like I remember going through that, but call it like that diversity skit and orientation, which by the way, looking back on it, you're having students talking about and lead discussions on this super complex issue, which may or may not be the right thing to do. And second of all, like the messaging around that, I think very much contributes, at least when we went through it, very much contributes to the sense of like, maybe people either don't know what to say or they're silent because they're like, oh, well, maybe if I pretend that I don't see race, then that's the right thing to do. So it, yeah. it, 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 I think it's been the way we as a society, and Villanova included, have chosen to teach that and talk about that has very much contributed to it. Now, I think I want to be very clear where I stand. Like, that's not the right way to talk about it. But I think that has very much played into people being silent and being apprehensive because they say, oh, well, I don't want to say the right thing. Right, or don't want to say the wrong thing. Now, there are very much some people who are just racist and like don't care and like, yeah, like you're having a bad experience, like tough shit. Mm -hmm. But I I would hope that's not most people. So it's an interesting thing to think about as we think about what the school can do and like how we as a community want to push. Most definitely. It's funny when when you, you know, you spoke on the idea of uh, Chris, you know, you said like they feel not enabled, but it's just like I'm not going to be held accountable for it that is the reason why people are talking about so many changes with the police and not just, you know, uh, reprimanding the, the police who have done something already. It's like, I don't know about y'all, but I remember I was telling somebody, it was like, how did you, I got asked the question, how did you feel when you watched the George Floyd video? And I was like, I, I think the, the most alarming thing to that outside of the lack of help um, or that nobody was compelled enough to be like, all right, are you serious? was the fact that he looked right at that camera and knew he was being recorded. And I was like, what you're really looking at is someone who understands that there are no true consequences for this. Like, I can get away with it. Like, it's not even a fear of let's do this. Like, with so many other incidents, and not that this makes anything more right or more wrong, anything like that, but with so many other incidences, oh, we see a picture, we hear a story later, you know, the body cam was turned off. Like I said, the young man in L.A., they discovered that, all of a sudden the, the security cameras in the area are all like knocked down. That's one thing. But for you to see it and for it to be visible in broad daylight and for him to look right at the camera, it's just like you were looking at someone who has no fear of consequence. That's the same issue with things like this. Like there is no fear of consequence. And I'm not saying that you're going to just get rid of racism and, you know, people feel how they feel. The issue is when people feel like they can just operate a certain way or say a certain thing or, or, look at someone or treat someone a certain way. And it's like, I am not afraid of any type of consequence. I know that if anything, I'll be enabled to do this versus go against it. And that's, to me, that's the fixable issue, you know, and then racism it's like, people are going to feel out. It's the same thing with, you know, when Obama got elected, how many of these people went underground? And then when Trump starts spitting, you know, uh, racist rhetoric, now they're like, Oh God, I have someone who empowers me. I have someone who enables me. I have someone who lets me know that I can, say these things and, and outwardly express these feelings. Like, I'm not going to say you're never going to get rid of it, but it's about the actionable things that are, you might feel how you feel, but you ain't going to act on it because X, Y, Z is in place. 
Yeah. And, and not to mention, like, everyone's like, wow, it's gotten worse. Oh, my God, it's gotten worse. And it's like, no, it hasn't gotten worse. It's yeah. just on camera. Exactly. It's on camera. Recorded. And, if, if it, and, and if this is what we're seeing on camera, what are we missing that's off? Exactly, bro. Exactly. All right. So we talked a little bit about that. But, like, one of the threads that came up in there was about, like, if you're not a basket, and, and I'm not reading the direct post, but it was a theme that came up a couple of times, was – uh, yeah, if you're not on the basketball team, we don't like they don't seem to care. They just see a they just see a, a warm body, right? Like and and so I I guess when you read stuff like that coming from the perspective of a basketball player, mm-hmm. what's your take? Is it does, does the basketball team have a responsibility? Does it? I'm going to ask this in a, in, a, in a weird way. Does does the basketball team staying silent to it? And I'm not saying that they are anymore, but is the basketball team staying silent to it? Almost like white people staying silent to it. Yo, I'm not going to lie. As you Right before you said that, I just thought about it. And I'm not saying I'm ashamed of this, but it definitely rings true to me. Um, being on a basketball team in Villanova gives you a certain amount of privilege. And I talked about giving charitably, you know, um, when you have privilege, I think that is a bit of an obligation of people who are privileged to, to help out people who aren't. So, uh, yes, I'm going to amplify, you know, the quote unquote average black students message a bit more. I'm going to, you know, amplify the the allies message that much more because it's like you have the privilege of, don't get me wrong, it was something that was worked for. Lord knows we paid for when we were there. I'm not saying it was easy, but I'm saying it is a, a form of privilege. And when you have that, it's like you should help people out. But yeah, bro, like the way you just worded that was, was right. It's basketball players staying silent on this and not saying anything. Don't get me wrong. You don't have to, everybody goes about it their own way. You know what I mean? Not everybody is posting as much as the next person, but they might be behind the scenes donating. Uh, they not, might not be donating, but they're educating people or they're checking people in their everyday lives. But if you're doing nothing from the position of a basketball player, you're failing the same community that helped you have such a uh, great college experience. And to me, that that goes for any years from you know, the guys who've been around since the 50s and 60s to the kids who are in school right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm silent because it's like, uh, that's like such a powerful message. And I kind of want to talk about what the, I want to talk about what happened while you were on campus. So mm-hmm. you were on campus and correct me if I got my dates wrong, but you were on campus during Michael Brown and Ferguson, right? Yes. Did you guys talk about that as a team? Was there, like, did J- did Jay address it? Yeah, yeah, we did, we did, we 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 had to. It was a, it was something. Obviously, like I said, it's, it's been there, but that was another instance that was just like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, no fear of consequence. We definitely talked about it as a team and what we were gonna do. But during that Kaepernick, like that was people forget, but like. That was around the time of like the championship and, and all of that. Like that was around, you know, my senior year in 2017, like a lot of things seemed to kind of heat up around that time. And us as a team, I, I'm, I'm happy that it wasn't something that players had to press on. It was an immediate team meeting that was held about like, all right, first of all, let's talk about this amongst ourselves. And secondly, what are we going to do moving forward? But like I said, I never felt that coach Wright or Mark Jackson or father Peter or father Rob ever gave us reason to not feel safe. You know what I mean? And ever made us um, not feel like they had our backs on these types of situations in, in any way. And like I said, that to me is 
let's call it what it is, the privilege. Because you hear about some of these kids' college experiences around the country, and it's crickets when things like this happen. The, the, the players are almost told to not acknowledge it at all on social media and things like that. But like I said, because of that same uh, welcoming feeling, it's like you're doing a disservice to the people who don't have it if you don't speak up, especially now, if you wore a basketball jersey. Now, did you did you guys ever consider a protest? Did you guys ever consider having a social media kind of uh, display, so to speak, like amongst this recent thing, like Jay Wright's posted some images that are like, some people have actually been like, wait, is this political? Which, yeah, yeah, yeah it's political. <laughs> like, like too fucking bad. It's political. Like, like yeah, shut the fuck up. But like, yeah. but like, forget the pol- political element of it. Like, almost like, it's almost where it was previously like, eh, maybe if I can get out of saying it or say an interview and not on my Twitter feed or whatever, like, I'll try and do that. And yeah. And now it feels like, okay, now we're going to hit it dead on. Was there like a, did you guys talk about doing a protest or, or anything of that nature back then and got squashed? No, 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 no. So what we did is we decided the team, we weren't going to kneel during the national anthem. Uh, we put a hand on each other's shoulder to stand in solidarity. Uh, but to be honest, I, I don't feel like that was enough. And this is an issue that I think this one picked up so much steam, unfortunately, because there's no other distractions. Let's call it what it is. You know what I mean? There's nothing else to take people's mind off of this. There is no game that's going to come on. It's, people are going to kind of like, ah, get away from it. There is no you know, competition you have to participate in that's going to take you away from this. And I think that's why this one is getting the attention that it did, obviously, along with the fact that it's horrendous and it was caught on camera in broad daylight. But I, 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 I would BSing y'all if I said like it was – or you do that and then you go play the game. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's a, you can paint it up a million different ways, but it's a distraction from that issue. But we never had anything squashed at all. That was what we chose to do as a team. And, and they backed us. The coaches did the same as well. Gotcha. Yeah. That's great. That's a very good point on the distraction. And it ties actually pretty well back to our earlier conversation about the news cycle and how quickly things move along. And yeah, this yeah. idea that there is, there just isn't as much there to take people's attention away. I think is very much has an impact on this. Yeah. It's, like, it's right in your face. You can't deal. You can't not deal with it. You can't look away from this one. So, yeah. But that's. I feel like this is what it's going to take for real change to happen because it already is. It already is. You, you've seen several people. You know, um, especially in midwestern states. You know, losing positions of power and throughout this last round of voting, like there was a lot of people who just you know got removed. You hear statues and things being removed, but this is definitely a, a issue that's going to be um, fight for a while. But I, I think unlike the 60s and unlike the 80s and early 90s, it's not going to be something that, like y'all said, is in the news cycle constantly. It's going to be a bunch of moves made uh, behind closed doors and in office spaces that really make sure that these changes stick this time. I love it. All right. I think that's, I think that's it, right? Anyway, is there anything yeah. else that we didn't talk about that you want to discuss? What'd y'all do for Juneteenth, man? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, but no, nah, man, nothing. <laughs> like I said, I just I, I know y'all hate me thanking y'all, but thank y'all. You know what I mean? I, I the reason I think the reason I thank y'all so much is because, like I said, it's easy to sit this one out. It's so funny in an era where everything is has you know it's called on camera and everything is on social media. The accountability has gone way down. It's almost like it's been like. Like, that's how the scales of tip. Like, oh, you can see everything. Everything is front street. But for some reason, the accountability has gone down. And 
that's why I thank y'all because it would have been very easy for y'all to just say, "Ah, this is not my territory. I don't, this is not my fight. I don't want to um to get involved." And you know, first of all, y'all acknowledge number one, this is my fight because I'm American and I have black friends and I have you know people of color around me. Uh, but secondly, y'all didn't y'all didn't take the easy route. So I think that's why I thank y'all and I encourage any Villanova that made it through all of this and still listening to not do the same and and kind of quite frankly, you know. As far as allies go, anything like that, distance yourself from people who aren't because it's a lot of this is like a weeding out process. Like you're talking about something that's almost like a poison, you know what I mean? And to get rid of like a sickness and to get rid of it, you have to isolate it. And uh, it's to me, that's the best way to deal with it for anybody, um, quite frankly, who's white and is unfamiliar with these issues, like help, help. So that's why I thank y'all so much because y'all guys aren't not helping like y'all are doing everything y'all can to make sure y'all are helping yeah i was gonna say it's i think the call out to you know any of our our white listeners too is i think the right one of like it's not a comfortable issue to talk about it's not it's not like call it what it is and it's okay to be uncomfortable like it is a learning experience and it's I think there are a lot of people, you know, self-included who are kind of picking their heads up right now and saying, okay, maybe I missed a lot of things, mm-hmm. but now it becomes a question of, okay, so what are you going to do going forward? Like, exactly. I can't, I can't change what I may not have done in the past, but I can take very active steps. And to your point, I can take them in different directions and I can influence different things, but it's all about what we're doing moving forward. Yeah. And I'll, I'll echo off of Rob to say anything that you do for the first time is uncomfortable. It's like, like I'm sure you learn a new motion in, in like a new basketball shooting motion or something like that. It's weird is <laughs> you get used to doing something a certain way for a long time. Yeah. Right. And, and, but you do it and you get practice and like anything else, it becomes a lot less weird the hundredth time you did it versus the first time you did it. Exactly. Um, and you can enrich your life so much like forget, just be selfish like you can have so much you, your life can be so much more richer um by <laughs> by leaning into that type of thing um so i'll do that and i'll also give you shit one more time i hate being thanked i give you shit all the time but i hate being thanked <laughs> for being human and it's just like it's like let's have a conversation let's talk let's put yeah. these issues on the forefront this is important and and i'll just leave off with saying if you're going to support a team and a school that that benefits dramatically from bas- predominantly black basketball players and and winning national championships that have given our university just an immense amount of notoriety, especially in the last 35 years, um, but in, and especially so in the last five, then 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 you have to address this. You, like you can't like you can't just sit it out. That's my that's my that's what I'm leaving it off with. Um, so, D-Ray, thanks again for joining us. So, really much appreciate it. Love talking to you. You're always welcome back on the full forty. Um, and and Rob, I think it's time to sign off. So, thanks for listening. And as always, let's go, Nova. Nova.